0: I would like to give thanks to the ancestors, known and unknown, those who have paved the way for us to survive this moment of time and to have a reference point to use as a blueprint to deal with these hellish times we are living in. I would also like to give honor and reverence to the woman of the universe for your superior work, for bringing forth the spiritual information through the triple stage of darkness of your womb, and giving birth to God. We would like to give reverence to the universe and praises to the indigenous. My name is Raheem Shabazz, and this is Necessary Blackness Podcast.
1: Necessary Blackness Podcast,
0: every Wednesday at 6 p.m. with award-winning journalist and filmmaker Raheem Shabazz. This podcast is only for those who are unapologetic because the mind of the conscious man or woman Recognize no monopoly on truth. Truth is relative and always to be sought. Award-winning producer Raheem Shabazz continues the Elementary Genocide documentary series with the school-to-prison pipeline. That film exposes the social engineering done to African-American children in the school system. And his other film, Elementary Genocide 2, The Board of Education Versus The Board of Incarceration, takes an even deeper look at the history of the American school system and how it was made to justify subjugating black Americans. These films are on track to be the most discussed films in black America. These films feature people like Dr. Boyce Watkins, Dr. Francis Kretz-Welsing, and many, many more. The documentary is available right now at elementarygenocide.com. That's elementarygenocide.com. Peace and power, Black family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz of Necessary Blackness Podcast, and we are here for another episode. Our guest today is Dave Anderson from the Business Bully Podcast. And for those that don't know, the Business Bully Podcast answers the tough questions and will help your business reach its greatness. Our guest, Dave Anderson, appeared on numerous media outlets, most notably The Breakfast Club, United Black America, AllHipHop.com, just to name a few. The prolific author and entrepreneur is known as one of Black America's top Rated motivational speaker. He's here with us today. My brother. How are you doing?
1: Brother, I have no complaints, man. If I did, I'd be disrespectful, Raheem. I'm doing good, man. How about yourself?
0: I'm doing great. I'm doing great. Now, I know that you recently came off a tour. You was on a yes, pop-up tour. Can you tell us a, a little bit about the tour, where it took you, and what did the tour entail? Oh,
1: wow. Yeah, I... Um I just got back from North Carolina. I was all up and down North Carolina. I think we went everywhere but Charlotte. Um, you know, we had some amazing sponsors. We had CEO States, which is an amazing organization that focuses on entrepreneurs and supporting CEOs who are trying to get to the next level, be that from five to six or from six to seven figures. Uh, we have Prudential who sponsored. So, you know, I was really, really lucky um, to be asked to sit in a room with a bunch of folks who are either starting or trying to expand their journey into entrepreneurship. All I try to do is go in every day and help people break their chains. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm as a Mr. Anderson where everyone get to pulling people out of that cubicle matrix. So basically what we did is we went up in there, um, they did their thing, they introduced me and I sat down and I busted up with folks, let them know about entrepreneurship in a real way. You know, because I'm not a traditional entrepreneur. I don't walk around with Brooks Brothers suits and, uh, you know, an expensive fancy car. None of that. I live very, very comfortably, but I live very, very humbly. And I'm not about flashing. I'm not about dressing up just to show you that you can feel comfortable with me and your money. Like, you know, I feel like my work speaks for itself. So, you know, when I go in and I meet anybody, you know, I, I, I have one goal and one goal in mind. That is to get them aware of what's possible for them without them having to compromise who and what they are. So that's what the tour is all about.
0: Okay, now, you mentioned about getting folks out of the Cubic's uh, matrix and Mm -hmm. I have said it before and I will say it again, a lot of our people are slaves to corporation and when you Mm -hmm. sit behind that desk And you sit in that cubicle, you know, your cubicle is your 40 acres and your actual computer Mm. is your mule. And we have Mm. to get from behind that desk and we have to tap into our ability in order to make a living for ourselves. Now, Mm. I know that you ventured into the corporate world. You you, you worked for iHeart. You, you work for various uh, corporations. What led you to becoming an entrepreneur? And how did you make that transition? And some of the roadblocks that you encounter while making that transition?
1: Wow, that's a, that's a loaded question. So I, I'll dissect it piece by piece. Um, I think that you can't, and I'll say this to anybody. If you want to watch How to Move as an Entrepreneur, go watch a bunch of old kung fu movies. Or, do yourself a favor, watch Kung Fu Panda. And while that may be a weird thing for somebody of my stature to say, it's the truth. There's a scene in Kung Fu Panda where, you know, the old master talks about how, you know, one always finds his path on the road he takes to avoid it. And, you know, the, 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 the old master sits with the ancient master. And the ancient master is like, listen, you know, you can't do what it is that you want to do. These are the cards you've been dealt and the, uh, the old master says to the ancient master, well, look, if I take this, I have control. If I take this peach pit and I put it in the ground, you know what I'm saying? I can decide when, whether or not to water it. I can decide whether or not I, I move it here. I can decide whether or not to put it in a pot. I have control. He said, yeah, all that's well and good, but you can't make apples from it. Sometimes we get so caught up in the illusion of control that we don't have control at all. So when I was in corporate America, I started my career when I was nine years old, you know? And so when I, I got to a point where I realized that every place I'd ever been, like you ever had those moments they say, when you're about to get uh about to die or you get hit by a car, or you go through some traumatic experience your life flashes before your face. Yes. I realized that everywhere I went, Even from the time, like, my earliest memories, I never fit in. I was never like the rest of them. When I was in fourth grade, the teachers would use me as their answer key. You know what I mean? And I got bored with the work, but they wouldn't skip me. There's always somebody I had to go to and ask them for permission to be what it is that I knew I was supposed to be. And it was always something beyond their their vision or their scope for my life. And so I'm looking at my situation. And I had a uh, I had a book signing that week um, at Human Bookstore, which, of course, is now an online bookstore. But at the time, you know, it was in New York. And that week, the lineup was crazy. It was like Michael Bazin, and Bill Cosby, it was Steve Harvey, it was all these people. And then I was coming on Saturday. So y'all want me to go and stand at a car lot and, and try to convince people to sell cars. Versus me being with that kind of momentum and that amount of people there to support my new book, which is a positive book on mindset, to come sell some cars that people were either going to buy or not going to buy. You know, car car buying is a binary decision. And I realized that no matter what I did, I was either viewed as a threat, I was viewed as arrogant, I was viewed as somebody who just didn't want to conform. And I realized the reason I can't conform is because I see something and I don't see the world like everybody else. I can't be like everybody else. Like I try. And every time I try, it never works. So I stopped trying, you know. And, and so it came to a point where when they started clocking, you know, my movements and started telling me I couldn't go have lunch with my wife. But my wife counterparts could leave their door open and act like they were in the building. But they clearly weren't. They were off having drinks and then posting pictures of it on on social media. Um, I realized that this is not how I wanted to live my life. have, you know, a family to support. And when I have my dignity to think about, I was like, you know what? I don't need them for this. I can do this on my own. They keep taking my ideas, but then I'm not getting paid for those ideas that I give them because it's a work for hire. So I said, you know what? It's cool. So I just waited out my time, realized that they were going to send the acts down anyway. You know, and I just said, okay, cool. I'll wait for them to let me go. That way I can take that unemployment money and then get to work. That's what I did. So I retired.
0: Okay. Now you mentioned about, um, your book and I know you have Mm -hmm. several of them and one book Mm -hmm. that caught my interest, pitch, close, upsell and repeat. Can you tell us a little bit about that book and what do you think people are getting out of that book and or you, do you feel people are getting the overall message that you was projecting?
1: I don't think people, like, I think once I'm dead, people will really start to dissect that book. But, um, that book was number, that book was number one for 20 weeks and was on the bestseller list for 75 consecutive weeks. Mm. So, um, for me, like, I know the message resonated, but it was bigger than that. You know, because people would always ask me, cause I could go into a company Not be there long, go through their bullshit training, and then I'd start, you know, just devouring whoever the number one sales guy was. And they couldn't figure it out. They're like, oh, well, he's got to be calling friends, or he's got to be, you know, he's got to be, you know, on the take somehow, or it's not legit. So they charge on my numbers, they pull tapes, and yet still, I'm clean as a whistle, because I know people. You know, and once you understand the human condition, you never have to worry about how they'll buy. You just have to worry about what you have that they will buy. And so I wrote that book because there's a whole lot of people who have a ridiculous aversion to sales that they don't realize has been programmed into them in order to keep them docile. Everything's about sales.
0: Now, you said that you know people. And one of the things as an entrepreneur... And I am one myself. I haven't had a traditional job uh, clocked in for anybody in the last 12 years. But one of the things that I notice when I travel around the country and I meet entrepreneurs is the number one thing is we as black people don't support one another. Now you say you understand people. And Mm -hmm. as an entrepreneur, Why do you think that's the number one crux with us as a people?
1: Well, I think part of that, part of that is mythos and part of that is fact. Here's what I mean. When I turn on the news every day, I'll see that there were five, I see there are five murders. I see that there were three rapes. I'll see that there were two fires and one suicide. So I got to assume that there's five murders, three rapes, two fires, and one suicide every single day if I never stepped outside my door. But when I step outside my door, I see people getting along. I see people going about their day. I don't see any fire. I don't smell any smoke. So that tells me that the entire world is made up of five rapes, two murders, and whatever the hell I just said. (laughs) You know what I mean? Now. Let's take this into context, because what happens is we like to divorce conditioning from our conditions. Mm. We like to do superficial things and act like they're going to take a monumental effect. Let me take it a step further when I say that, because I don't want anybody to misconstrue me. In 1995, I was sitting in the cafeteria at Temple University. I was a freshman, and there weren't many people there who looked like me at the time because everybody went on the bus to D.C. to go march with Farrakhan. And the soccer team was like, Anderson, you're not not going to D.C.? And I said, no. And they said, well, why not? I said, because nothing's going to change. And they were like, well, why would you say that? I said, because I guarantee you. It's 1995. I said, 20 years from now. And I wish I could find A.M. soccer players to go test this. But my hand on my father's and I said, 20 years from now, he's going to do this again. And we're still going to be where we are because everybody's going to go up there. There's going to be a whole bunch of people speaking. There's going to be some money collected. And then all of a sudden, people will get right back um, right back on those buses. And they'll, 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 they'll yuck it up for a minute. They'll feel good. Hey, my brother, my brother, my brother. And then they're going to go right back to the corners that they were on. They're going to go right back into their holes. And they're going to go right back to out looking for number one. Because they don't have a system. So all the marches in the world, they're going to do nothing. And showing up, that's what happened. Because we like to do superficial actions and act like they have a monumental impact. Now it's gotten so bad that you don't even have to march no more. All you got to do is hashtag and you feel like you've done something. All you got to do is go vote for Obama and you feel like you've done something. All you got to do is sit up there and roast Trump on, on Twitter and you feel like you've done something. But you don't know your congressman, you don't know your governor, you don't know your city councilman, you don't know your ombudsman, your alderman, you don't even know your block captain. But yet, and still, you want to talk to me about how black people don't support black people. Mm. Then, then, well, here's the fucked up thing. I'm sorry, I, I'm wrong. No, I'm no, you sure can curse. you've done your
0: research. No, this is you here's can the curse.
1: Fuck, here's the fucked up thing, right, right. I watch black people will go into a Jamaican restaurant, right? And if there's a spot on the fork, they will sit up there and put up a Yelp review. They'll put up a Facebook note. They will tweet about that bad boy. They'll take pictures on the gram and then take those pictures over to Snapchat and have some funny filters and talk about this poor Jamaican restaurant had a spot on the fork. These same people will then get up from that restaurant, leave that restaurant, go to a Walmart where there's nobody to help them for any damn thing, even if they just want a key name. Then they will stand in a line. but there's 30 registers, only three people working. They're overworked, underqualified, and underpaid. Most of them who work at Walmart statistically, have some form of government assistance, because Walmart is an evil corporation that does not pay people. Uh, what they're worth at all and is allowed to because they pay off the right people in the government but yet still they will stand in those two lines when there are 30 registers and not issue one complaint not leave not boycott not hashtag not snapchat not nothing and then you want to talk to me about how we don't support each other really already told that the white man ice is colder we're already told that there's no way that a black man can, can 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 be any type of uh positive role model if he doesn't have a wicked jump shot of sling crack rock biggie told you that so then when it comes to somebody like me i get the side eye but then you'll let somebody who does not look like me say the same things i was saying to you six years ago and y'all will herald him like he's the second coming you will shit on obama but love clinton mm. catch that because i'm trying to say it without saying it because this ain't no disavaneur shut but let's keep it funky You go back and you look at his tapes and then you go back and you look at my tapes from five, six years ago. I've been saying this shit. But guess what? I am the possibility that scares black people to its core. I don't have any children out of wedlock. I married a black woman. I don't have a perm in my hair. My daughter goes to an HBCU. I'm not on the system. My mother, I know. My parents were married. My father is dead. My brother's a cop. I understand the political system because I've met with four of the last five sitting presidents. So you can't play me like you play the rest of them. There are no cheeks in my armor except for that I like a few cheesecakes. And I'm working on that. And there's nothing yet, wrong still, with that. I get at all. But I get the skepticism while other people get heralded. But here's the difference. You want, you want to talk differences? Since so we're talking about supporting black people? Let's just take my business, for example. Now, there are people who have fathers, who have businesses. My father had a store, but my father couldn't give me a thousand dollars to go to the mall and blow on baseball cards and not bat an eye about it because he had seven other brothers to support. My father didn't have the luxury of putting me in that store all the time because I needed to get an education and do the things that he could not do on a cop salary. I didn't get that type of burn. I also did not get the advantage of having a budget where I could take in a moment in time uh, money and start uh, buying Google AdWords at 30 cents a piece when nobody was buying them. But, you know, keep documenting and believing that's all it's going to take. Because y'all believe before Barack Obama showed up that Bill Clinton was as close as black people will ever get to a black president. And then Obama showed up and then you ridiculed the hell out of that man. Even though I got a lot of issues with Obama. You see what I'm saying? But when a black man shows up and is everything you say you want to be, meaning that yes he made it he made it on his own by supporting his people staying true to what he was he did not marry outside of his race even though if that's your business that's your business but that's a complaint you can't you can't diagnose the situation or address the situation until you address all the complaints within the situation absolutely ain't no baby mamas i ain't paying nobody's child support you see what i'm saying so now what you got because I'm doing well, and I will tell you what I told Vaynerchuk's people. The difference between me and me and him, and I told him this, the difference between me and you is about 49 million. You got me about 49 million. Mm. But you didn't think I'd get the first one. 49 to go, buddy. I'm coming. I am Mr. T and Rocky Three, and the diagnosis is gonna be paid.
0: I think that
1: and, you are
0: already on that path because many consider you black Americas number one branding expert and business coach. So brother, you are on your way and you just got to keep doing what you're doing and there are individuals that support you as you already know that. As Mm -hmm. an entrepreneur, you run several business and that's one of the key things, family, is that we can't just stick to one business. If you read The Millionaire Next Door, it tells you that the average millionaire has seven streams of income. I tell people all the time, I'm not a millionaire, so that means I got to have 10 streams of income. Now, I know that you have the Brown Sugar brand, you have I Brand You, and the Business Bully uh, podcast. Now, those are just three of the business that I know about. Can you explain some of your business ventures, what they're about, and how people can be a part of it, especially the 16-week business course?
1: Yes, sir. Um, I had to divest from brown sugar brands because uh, my partner at the time um, wasn't about my. Life. Mm. You
0: know
1: what I mean and i I can't listen <laughs> there, there's no adage that allegedly says that Harry Tubman said I, I freed a thousand slaves, I could have freed a thousand more if they only knew they were slaves." Yes um, I will say this: there are people in this world who are so busy stepping over do- uh, stepping over uh, dollars to get the dimes that they can't see what's in front of them. You see what I mean? So basically, you know, like Jay-Z says, you want me to cook clean and cook up the fish for them. You know what I mean? Like, at some point, you have to do some of this work yourself. Yeah, I'm the dude who will go and I'll get on the breakfast club. I'm the dude who will go and do all the interviews. I'm the dude who will go and give all the speeches. I'm that dude. But when the business is janky and you don't even have a bank account for me to deposit the funds in, I got to divest myself. So that's that. Ibrand University um, is a, a hub for me to house all of my educational programs, uh, my ebooks. You know, I've written countless ebooks, you know, 101 ways to get shit done. Um, I wrote a guide for uh, entrepreneurs who want to utilize Pokemon Go um, because it's still a very viable act when you're trying to drive traffic. But we turn our nose up on that, just like we turn our nose up on Snapchat, even though I wrote a book about Snapchat. Same thing with Facebook Live. We're so afraid of change and being able to be um, pliable when it comes to that change, to be flexible when it comes to that change, that so we miss out on opportunities. So, you know, Our Brand University is always there. Um, I have a course right now that actually um, just started um, where it's called uh, Bully Your Damn Self. It's a 16 course, and it also guarantees that by the time you're done, you'll be a best-selling author. And people are like, well, how can you guarantee that? Well, I can guarantee because if you follow these steps, you will be. Because every time I put out a book, it's a bestseller. No marketing, no promotion, just me in this mouth. And that's, you know, that's what that is. I'm also a principal owner of the Benton Watch Company, which is the largest uh, black-owned watch company by any individual, you know, but especially individuals who are under the age of 40, you know, so... You know, people talk about, oh, well, your Roley you don't tick and talk. It's not real. Uh, Benson watches don't tick and talk unless you want them to. We mm. got sweeping movement, too. So let's start Let's start changing the conversation. But you also have, like I'm talking about, like we can't divorce conditioning from all of this. You know what I mean? Like there's a reason that Chris Brown said you're like Jordan's on a Saturday. I got to have him and I cannot wait. The majority of millennials never saw Michael Jordan play one minute of regulation ball. But then you'll shit on LeVar Ball because he's arrogant, says who? Based on what? You'll call Floyd Mayweather arrogant, but if you go to the MGM Grand and order a hot dog, Floyd gets 60 cents. But you'll call him arrogant because he doesn't have a Jewish master behind him. pulling the strings. He's got a business partner named Al Heyman who happens to be black. This is what I'm talking about. Whenever you stand on your own and you're black in this country, then all of a sudden you're arrogant. They call Kanye arrogant, but name somebody else who moves culture that well. They're saying, oh, Jay-Z, they say Jay-Z's late on this entrepreneurship shit. Really? Is he? Because I remember reasonable doubt. I remember when they was sitting around here writing Foxy's rhymes. I remember when Jay-Z had to go and get dissed by different record labels. I remember Hawaiian Sophie. So how dare you say that this man isn't uh, up for entrepreneurship? This man is a masterclass in entrepreneurship. But because you're too broken. To understand what's in front of you, you can't see. And that's what I'm talking about, the conditioning. So I'm trying to change the way we look at how we view what business is. Because everything involves sales. Everything involves marketing. And don't hand me this shit about everybody can't be an entrepreneur. I'm like, everybody can be an entrepreneur. But the ones who can't won't because they're unwilling. And it's much easier to let somebody else tell you what to do. We've been doing that for 400 years. How about that?
0: And that's one of the things we have to get out of. And I tell people all the time that we are the holders, keepers of ourself and our predicament. And our predicament right now is dependent upon us. And we have to be vigilant in overcoming these obstacles. And we know that every time they're going to try to move the post goal. But as entrepreneurs, we got to support one another. And I think what you're doing is a beautiful thing is because you're creating entrepreneurs. A lot of people come into the business and they don't have the knowledge or the know-how, but these courses that you give, your shining example is what's going to help to push us to the next level, so I employed everybody to make sure you go out and you get this brother's business course. It's sixteen weeks, correct? Yes, sir. And what are some yes, of sir, the what what are some of the key things that one could expect to learn?
1: Well, first thing you're going to learn is mindset. You know, and while that may sound contrived, it's the truth. I can't listen. I can't put a seed in soil that I I can't break up first you know, that isn't nutrient dense. You got to look at how you're looking at yourself. If there are people who think that they, if they, like, I know a woman, I talked to her before she became a client and she's telling me she does these wigs and people can't believe that they're wigs when she's done with them. And she makes them by hand. All humans here, the whole nine. And I'm like, wow, that's so, how much are you charging for them? Well, I charge 150 bucks. I spit out my drink. I was like, what do you mean 150 bucks? I said, these things should be gone for at least 1500. She so was like, wow. So number one, because they'll last a lifetime. Number two, they're handmade. Number three, that takes a whole lot of time. Number four, the quality is incredible. But she couldn't see that at first. So it took me to go through, yo, we're going to have to uh, We have to work on how you view yourself. Because nobody ever told her, you are worth this. You see what I'm saying? Like That part is important. And a lot of people skip over that part and say, ta-da, I'm Damon Dash. Like, nah, this is, this is, that's not how this works. I don't just put on a business bully costume and go out here with a mohawk and just be like, you suck. Like, th- this is years and years and years and years of working. Like, I've been doing this, you know what I'm saying, for 30 years. It'll be 40 in November. I've been doing this for 30 years. I'll be 40 in November. You see what I'm saying? So it's like three, three quarters of my life I've been spent you know, understanding what business is. And just now I'm starting to break. Just now, so from 1987 to about, right about a year ago, most people didn't see any of that. But it's like, oh, you just came out of nowhere. No, I didn't. I've been here, but y'all been busy overlooking me. I'm like a Farside song. Y'all kept on passing me by. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? So, you know, you start with mindset. Then we go into... Um, The three most important questions, and I'll give you this one for free. The three most important questions that any human being asks any other human being when it comes to any transaction, be it sexual, emotional, or financial, is who are you? What do you have? And why should I give a damn? If you can't answer those questions in a concise way, you'll never be able to make it happen. You might as well stay in your cubicle because I can't help you free yourself. Who are you? What do you have? Why should I give a damn? That's important. Then we dive into your sales funnel. We talk about your social media schedule. We talk about uh, marketing. We talk about celebrity endorsements. You know, all of those things require a system. So we break down what the system looks like. Then we start talking about hiring and building a staff. That part always scares people because it cause growth. Everybody cries broke, and I I'm gonna say this to you, brother. And you and I have never really had a, a, a verbal conversation, um, so um, you don't know what I'm about to say. But here's the truth: it's not that everybody can't afford to hire people; everybody can't afford to fire their comfort zone mm. because you you want you you want to have that 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 55 inch flat screen. You want to have that iPhone seven. You know, you want to have a MacBook Pro with the suicidal hype shit that you're not using for anything that's going to make you any revenue. Just to say you have it. So I spent a few, 300 bucks on this just to be like, nigga, you ain't up on this. But then you tell me Kanye ain't speaking the truth. Okay. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm not like them. So I don't operate like them. And that's what <laughs> scares them. You see what I'm saying? Like, I, I, and, and this is not me saying that I'm better than anybody because I'm not. My mom was a teacher. My mom had to run extension cords next door. I remember having to borrow a cup of sugar, some ketchup, some eggs, shit. Sometimes some meat for folks. I remember having to share bath water. I know what it is to struggle. I just ain't going back. All right, and, that I, le- and if I do go back, you know what I mean? I'm coming to bring some people with me who are willing to learn.
0: That leads me to my next question. Because you said mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't want to leave their comfort zone and that's one aspect of it. Another mind-boggling uh, statement that people are fond of putting out is, I can't do it because it takes money to make money. What would you say to an individual that says that and feel like that is one of the hurdles he, has to, he or she has to overcome in order to become an entrepreneur? Let me, uh, let me answer your question with a
1: question. How much money did I pay you to be on your show? Nothing. Okay, cool. How much money does it cost for me to post on Facebook? Nothing. How much money did it cost for me to get 2.4 million views on YouTube?
0: Nothing. Unless you bought your views. Oh, okay. Unless you bought your views. No,
1: nah, no. Nah. <laughs> nah, my, my, listen, my views are official and verified. Nah. I, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't buying no views. You know what I mean? I did that when I was homeless. Yeah. So, I mean, if we're going to talk, let's talk. But what people do love to do, I mean, people make love to their excuses, like in Mr. Marcus on Viagra. Like they love talking about their excuses. There is no excuse. You want it, you gotta go get it. Yes, there is a certain amount of financial obligation you have to have, but I guarantee if you gave me, if you gave me 10 minutes, your bank account, and you know, you being hooked to a lot of detective, I'll find the money. You ain't gonna like what I have to pull it out of though, because these say th- I went to a business meeting sw- on, on my father's earn because I try not to swear, but I affirm on my father's ashes, here. I went to a business meeting with black owned business owners, and I had women in there talking about their lace fronts and talking about their their, their, their gel manicure and act like that was so ha- like such a big thing. But yet, still, they don't have enough money to afford my coaching. Wow, <laughs> and I'm laughing in their faces.
0: Now you said I had one woman. Okay, I, okay. I, I wanted to back up. Now you said that you give me uh, your bank account, a lie detector mm-hmm. test, and what else? You said
1: in 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 five in just five minutes. And I five figure minutes out where the money comes. From. Well, yeah, uh, Here's break break that down.
0: Yeah, why why the lie okay. detector test and the a... bank
1: account? Okay, first of all, if I have your bank account, then I can see where you're spending your money on. And depending on what kind of bank account you have, if you've got like a Wells Fargo, they break down everything. You can look at, um, you know, your, your, your expenditures for entertainment. You can look at how many times you go out to eat. You can look at your cable bill. You can look at your, your, your car. Like there's always there's always a, a trail. You know, a paper trail is an amazing thing, bro. That's one. Number two, if I put you up to a lie detector and you got to tell me the truth. Meaning you got to say, okay, well, yeah, I know I could be doing this, but I'm lazy. I could be doing this but I, I'm not willing to speak in front of people I won't go on meetup.com I'm giving you this one for free I won't go on meetup.com and look at a bunch of uh, business groups because if you go to any major metropolitan city there's about 25 black owned business groups that are on meetup looking for people to come through for free just come through and, and just network with folks but you won't do that you won't do what David Banner does when David Banner was making music heavy on our body and that's all he was doing before he was scoring music or doing movies David Banner had a notebook how do i know i've known david banner personally for 13 years he had a notebook and in this notebook he kept the name of every dj every intern every program director how he met them and what they like to drink david banner got me so drunk so uh, so bad one time at a buffalo wild Wings, he had to carry me on his bus take me to my apartment put me to sleep leave a note that said yo dog (laughs) you good (laughs) i have somebody else drive your car You know what I'm saying? Don't ever try to get in a drinking contest with somebody who pays off the bartender to spike your drink and give me club soda all night. Wow. (laughs) That is effort. You won't do that. And you ain't got a $30 million contract. This man did. And he came in when I met him, dog. He came in a room and he started hanging up his posters. And I'm like, damn, that record rep sure looks like David Banner." And he's like, hey, how you doing? Hang on, I'm just going to keep hanging up these posters real quick. And I'm like, don't they have people for that? He said, not when I'm here. He's like, that's my face on these posters. We don't do that. We don't campaign. We don't shake hands. We don't do the basic things that don't require a whole lot of technical savvy, that don't require a lot of effort and energy. What we do is we talk about how we don't have any money, and then we ride that excuse off because can't nobody argue with that until I show up.
0: And, brother, you definitely shows up. You show up and you show out, and that's why we love you, brother. And we love and we love what you do. I, I I I read your book; it's a fascinating book. I was just on your website, and I was saying I have to get one of those shirts. You have a shirt that says "Humility is for the weak." Explain yes. that, brother.
1: Absolutely. Let's break this down for a minute. I like to give the example of the least humble person I've ever known in my life: Jesus Christ Mm -hmm. mm-hmm let's talk about jesus for a minute let me break this down because people love jesus and like to talk about humility in the same sentence see in order to reach people you have to be bold you have to be striking you have to do things that are different if you know anything about theology you will know that Jesus' first miracle was turning water into wine at a wedding now why is that significant all right when you go to a wedding reception especially in those days what would happen is everything went top down so if you're talking about top shelf that came first and that was reserved for the wedding party. Stay with me because I'm going someplace. So you look at the fact that when Jesus took those barrels and he had the the the, the, uh, the waiters, for lack of a better term, fill those barrels up with water and he touched them, he said, take this cup and give it to the, to the wedding planner, for lack of a better term. Wedding planner goes to the bridegroom and says, yo, this is top shelf. We should have had this out first. Jesus just showed you, look, I'm here. Here I am. I'm bold as hell and I ain't playing with you. So then, Jesus went to where the people were. Jesus did the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus was only recorded to have gone to temple three times throughout the part of his recorded life. Three times. Once we went, when he was a child. The second time to announce that he was the Messiah, and the third time he didn't even go into the temple. He flipped over the money changers table and said, "You turn my father's house into den of thieves." That's bold. Humble people don't act like that. Humility is for the weak. There's a difference between being humil- having humility and being humble. And what happens is people get so caught up in humility that they don't ever ask their bosses for raise. 60% of all people in the workforce go through their entire career and never ask for more money. So what winds up happening is weak people always talk about, oh, you know, we can, we'll try again. And, oh, well, I got a trophy for participating. like. That's weak to me. Hmm. That's corny. You're so busy being humble, nobody knows anything about you. You're so busy being casual, you wind up a casualty. So then I come in all hellfire and brimstone. I come in telling you, listen, I'm not cutting my Mohawk Steve Harvey. I'm not wearing no suit. I'm not going to be like them. You want to know why? Because everybody I admire, be they black or white, don't wear suits. Let me break that down. Um, Steve Jobs had $30 billion in his personal bank account. I never saw him in a suit. Russell Simmons. Russell Simmons built an empire from which Puffy got the idea to do Sean John. Russell Simmons never saw him in a suit. Mark Zuckerberg never saw him in a suit. I've never seen Gary Vaynerchuk in a suit. Now, Les Brown, who who did teach me how to speak, and I did a lot of work for him, he's in a suit, but he's from a different generation. The people from my generation and the generation directly before me weren't about that. I'm a product of hip-hop. I'm also a product of a a set of parents who said, forget them. Be yourself. No matter what, David, be yourself. To thine own self be true. I got to live with me. That means that there are times where I got family members who will tell me quit and get a real job, but they don't know what I'm making. I got people, listen, I will argue with my own wife about my authenticity and about my lack of a filter because I have to be true to me because humility is for the weak and ain't nothing weak about me. It takes a certain level of strength to say, this is who I am. I'm planting my flag in the ground. You people are my tribe. I need you to follow me. Ain't nobody following nobody's weak. Martin Luther King wasn't humble. Martin Luther King was bold as hell. Martin Luther King said, forget I have a dream. Because he gave that speech like five times. Forget that speech. Talk about the speech where he said, and when I come back, we go going to D.C. and we're going to get our check. Talk about the speech where he said, I think I may have integrated my people into a burning house. See, we don't talk about that. But you want to talk to me about humility and you want to talk about arrogance. Guess what? Floyd Mayweather has every right to be arrogant. You want to know why he employs more black people than you? One. Number two, at the end of the day, he saved boxing because nobody wanted to see the Klitschko brothers fight like Frankenstein. <laughs> Number four... Last I checked, this man created a format where you go behind the scenes and you look. They call it 24-7 on HBO. They call it All Access on uh, Showtime. They call it 24 on the WWE Network. Floyd Mayweather invented it the same way that whether they give him credit for it or not, Prince invented iTunes and they call him arrogant. Steve Jobs ran with it, but Prince invented it because Prince was the first crazy person. And go back and Google it. They called him crazy because Prince said, I'm gonna sell my music without the record labels, without the record companies, without your distribution. I'm gonna sell my music on the internet direct to my fame. And they told him he was nuts. I remember Who you like that. Now? I remember that. That's why I ain't got to have a long memory, bro. Facts are amazing.
0: That's right. And you know, it's ironic. Because I tell people all the time that your families and friends will not support you until strangers start celebrating you. So a lot of times, your first sales are not going to come from your immediate family. In fact, they're going to discourage no. you from doing what you do. It's other people that is going to support you. And I had to go through that trial and tribulation myself as a filmmaker. You know, Initially, I didn't have the backing. I didn't have the support of family. Now, there was a few that did, but overall, the family ain't support me. But once I was award-winning filmmaker and I got 10, 15 awards sitting on my mantle... Yeah, the support is overwhelming now. So I, I definitely is that, know. Is I, that something? Yeah, it is. It is. You know, and I and I just hope that they can look at it and see that. Listen, you know, Raheem, he comes from this humble beginning. He's still the same person. And what had he could have been, or how far he could have been in his career if we would have had support him from the beginning. You know, some people don't look in hindsight like that. But after listening to this podcast, I'm sure they will. So, moving right along, uh, David, is there anything that I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that you want to say in your last closing words? Wow.
1: That's always a heavy question. Um, I'll say this. I don't have all the answers. That's why I have a team. I also have sense enough to know that I'm not wrong. Like I'm not wrong. Like I I swear, like when I'm dead, somebody's gonna listen to this or some other podcast I've done or some other radio show and, and they'll realize that I'm not wrong. Like we built this country, everything that's good in this world. And this is not to say that we're better than anybody else, but I will say that when it comes to black people, um, Paul Mooney said, it best. the black man is the most copied man on earth. He said, everybody want to be a nigga, but nobody wants to be a nigga." You know what I mean? I love being black. I love it wholeheartedly. I will tell you that as a business person, I will buy black and sell to anybody. I don't make apologies for who I am. I don't make apologies for what I do. I apologize to myself for not doing it sooner. And I wish that somebody who hears the sound of my voice just thinks about, like takes a piece of paper and writes out um, what it is that they wanna do with themselves. Or if they don't have any ideas, they can always text two words, business bully to 31996. That way they can get offers to to my, my courses, they can ask me questions, they can send me text messages directly. Text business the 31996. But I want people to stop acting like we didn't build the pyramids, make baseball better, create everything that's in Washington, DC, you know, create a culture that's so big it transcends language. I'm sorry, but you know what I mean? Country line dancing ain't doing for the world what hip-hop does.
0: Absolutely.
1: And so we gotta start, we got we gotta stop playing ourselves. Like we corny, like we're less than, like we are amazing people and we should, we should realize that. And no, not all of us came from kings and queens, but we are, you know, of the lineage of people who understood the importance of everything from the power of the to the filament and light bulb. That cell phone I'm talking to you on, that internet you're listening to, hell, The podcast that you're on is a direct result because I made a decision in the year 2000 to do something called on-demand audio two years before Jobs came up with iTunes for podcasting. That wasn't a term yet. But will I get credit for that? Will Latimer get credit for that? Will Carver get credit for that? Uh, We'll see what happens in 100 years. But in the meantime, in between time, I I want people to challenge themselves to do something beyond get up, punch a clock, go home and and be so happy they got the weekend or their two weeks or the quote-unquote benefits that they're paying for i want us to start broadening our horizons literally
0: that ladies and gentlemen is our brother gifted orator speaker entrepreneur dave anderson and real quickly brother let everyone know your social media handle and where they can find you at on the various platforms that you may exist on
1: absolutely absolutely um on facebook it's uh the business bully same thing with uh uh, instagram on snapchat and on twitter it's da as in dave anderson business bully um you know aside from that um, like I said, you can always text "Business Bully" two words to three one nine nine six. Um, and of course, the Business Bully podcast is available everywhere that you listen to podcasts, so you can always check me out there. So I'm honored and I am uh, blessed to be able to uh, share your your your, uh, your program, Raheem. I, I'm happy to be here. I'm thankful that you um, had me on as a guest. I appreciate the opportunity. I hope I didn't do you wrong, and I hope I brought some value to your audience.
0: Oh, no, definitely, brother. Uh, We appreciate having you here. Our podcast is called Necessary Blackness, and that's a reason for that. Everything that we do is to inspire black people. You will never, ever hear someone that is not melanated on this platform. And I'm not saying that I don't do business with white people, but we have to have our own medium where we can reach our people and speak to the hearts, souls, and minds of our people because no one else is going to do it but us. And this is that place that we can come together and we can convey our thoughts and ideas and uplift one another. Because at the end of the day, we have to be about upward mobility. And with that, I'm going to say peace and prosperity, family.